Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Welcome back to Tennis Unfiltered with me, James Gray of iNews UK and the iNews paper. I've got George Belshaw with me here for a special podcast uh, previewing the French Open. We had the draw yesterday lunchtime. I was uh, lucky enough to be covering it from the Eurostar uh, because usually it is in the evening. So I booked a lunchtime Eurostar and of course the French then moved the draw to lunchtime. But anyway, George, how did you take in the draw? Were you actually doing some work for once? <laughs> yeah, I am. Um, I'll be totally honest, James. I only saw it this morning, so <laughs> okay. I I was that uh, absorbed in my work and then absorbed in activities outside of work. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> I mean, and, uh, our UK our UK listeners will be glad to hear that because they pay your salary and will be glad to know that you do actually do some work occasionally so i think i think that's yeah. overall a positive um we will have calvin with us uh later in the week and during the french open he is en route to paris i think pretty much as we speak so um mm. he was pestering me about when the doubles draw is inevitably which i believe is on sunday for those of you who are really interested in that sort of thing um calvin obviously has a vested interest in the doubles draw this year but we're going to look at the singles draw we'll, we'll go through it line by line meticulously as we always do and um see if we can draw out a few bits of insight as well as maybe looking at your fa- potential fantasy brackets and uh, seeing where the opportunities for fantasy uh, picks might come. I, I will set that up um, while we're recording this on Friday, so hopefully by Friday evening you'll have the opportunity to join and then you've got until Sunday morning UK time to get your teams in, but I'll put a link in the uh, in the show notes as per usual. But with no further ado, let, let's start off with the women's draw, I think. Um, and uh, at the very top of it, if you're watching on YouTube, then you'll be able to see all of this, which is terribly exciting um, and means that I can't make the usual rude hand gestures at uh, at George. But if you're just listening, I'll make sure that we uh, guide you through it as, as we always do. But if you want to see us on YouTube, it's Tennis Unfiltered um, straightforwardly. And uh, please do hit like and subscribe and all those other things that YouTubers who are much younger than me tend to say. Um Let's start at the very top with Iga Shontek, the top seed, George. Uh, in terms of a section, her, her passage to the fourth round shouldn't be hugely complicated, but I think probably once she gets to the fourth round, assuming she does, I think that's when it might get quite tricky, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, 
the the, uh, the big cloud hanging over Sviontek's this injury, which you know it, on paper the first three rounds looked pretty comfortable, and you you wouldn't expect any problems, but we we don't know exactly what her physical state is, so that's a kind of huge caveat to that. But yeah, I mean the the fourth round looks very tasty on paper. I mean Krzykova at the start of the clay season was someone who was making a lot of noise about oh yes I'm the I'm part of the big four never mind the big three of Sabalenka Rybakina Sviontek yeah yeah so you know she she came in with a lot of confidence and something to prove and it hasn't quite happened um just yet but she's a good clay court player she's won this tournament before we'll see where she's at and you know knowing Sviontek's injured I think I think she'll uh, want to give her a go, but Krachikova, there's some tough matches in there as well. I mean, Azarenka and Andreescu's a cracking first round. There, you know, I was going through the draw this morning, and there's a few brilliant women's first round matches. I'd say a lot more so than the men, really, um, and that that is definitely one of them. I'll be trying to. Uh, if it falls during work hours, be trying to slyly have on in the background, James. <laughs> well, I, I, the thing is, though, like, yeah, on paper, you know, obviously Azarenka, multiple Grand Slam champion, Andrescu, you know, we all know about Andrescu, but she has played about six clay court matches in her entire career. Like, she, I mean, and I know, funnily enough, I was talking to someone about this the other day, and I think in the women's game, clay is less of a factor, if that makes sense. Like it for whatever reason, it seems like there is less of a delta between like hard court tennis in the women's game and clay court tennis. So I, I, maybe it matters less for Andrescu than it might for say Jack Draper. But even so, I'm kind of skeptical that the, <laughs> it, it's a good two good names. But I'm just wondering whether it might actually be worth it. Um, if, if we get Azarenka versus Krajikova in the third round, what? How do you see that going? But I mean, I'd back Krajikova, really. I I think she wins that section. Um, I, I'd be quite surprised if we didn't get Krajikova v Sviontek in the in this section. Um, hmm. And I think that yeah, I, I I'm reserving judgment on what I think of Sviontek till I see her kind of step out there. I mean, she she's the obvious fantasy pick in some perspectives, but actually, I don't know. It feels like Sabalenka might be your kind of safer bet to to take you to the final because mm. I, th- I think I'm right in saying Rubakin is in the, in the same half as yeah. Fiontech. yeah exactly um, just in case people think we're dismissing her first and second round opponents uh, too quickly <laughs> uh, last time she played Christina Buxer she beat her 6-love six 6-1 six and that was I think at the Australian Open this year and last time she played Claire Liu, who is her projected second-round opponent, she beat her 6-love, six 6-1. Six and that was at India Wells <laughs> earlier this year. So I think we're quite right to... Um, uh, no time, George, for Marie Buzkova. I know you've previously had some Buzkova love. Yeah. I, you know, she's she's one of the the many very solid Czech female players kicking around. So I'm, I'm certainly not dismissing her. I mean, look... Uh, you know, you're right. You're right to pull up that kind of head-to-head, James. There with kind of Bushka and Lou, but the, we we really don't know the physical condition of Sviontek. So mm-hmm. I would I would really adopt a note of caution if you're thinking she's the clear pick in fantasy because she is the clear pick from the perspective of she's got the best clay court winning percentage of any female player by a mile. You know, we're close mm-hmm. to about fifteen percent um, of active players, but 
it, it, it's always a risk picking someone you you're not sure about. And this injury was so fresh, and you know I, she'll get to the starting line, I'm sure. But you know that that worries me a lot. Really, I, I love how much doubt you're sowing here, George. This is excellent, excellent. <laughs> I will definitely be picking her just to like. <laughs> but I'm trying to convince the listeners not to. <laughs> I see. Okay, very good. Um, right, let's move on to the next section, which uh, features the likes of Coco Goff, uh, Madison Keys, Veronica Kudermetova, and Angelina Kalanina. I, I should say, George, that like quietly, this is actually a really tough section because when you look at all of those seeded players, they all have like quite significant records on clay. Kudamatova has obviously had a pretty good clay court season and, and is arguably a clay quarter. Um, Madison Keys, I think, has got a pretty consistent record at Roland Garros of getting through the rounds. Kalina obviously got to the final in Rome. Again, we don't know how fit she is. And then obviously Coco Goff, who, who is a, a French Open finalist. So I think it's actually very hard to pick someone to come out of this. I don't know about you. Yeah, I, th- I think there's some really good first round draws here as well. I mean... Anna Karolina Schmidlova is someone, if you're a very, very early listener of the pod, mm. you'll know I would always pick her as a kind of French Open dark horse to come through the first couple of rounds. So I I, I think that's a tough draw for Kudamon's over. You know, Kaya Kanepi is always a nightmare draw. The, the I know. classic tough draw that is Kaya Kanepi. She's the Jan Leonard Struff of the women's game. You don't <laughs> want that draw in the first round. Um, you know, Diane Parry, I think I'm right saying so she beat uh Krichikova last year. Yeah, but right? it was I know, a bit injured, but 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 uh, there is something about French player in the first round that is not yeah, yeah. a draw you want. It's really quite raucous in those sort of matches. So I mean look, if, if this was a year ago, I would be handily backing Goff to come through this section, but she's not quite been up to scratch really um mm. this year um I, I i think i am still minded to to back her to come through and i think she might get a couple of favors from like kanepi or schmidlova to potentially give her a path to the quarterfinals um so yeah i, I will stick with goth but it's as you say it's not said with any confidence i think this is a really really difficult section to comprehensively say yes I'm uh, I'm sure it'll be them. But then this is the women's game and there's very few sections. I sit there and think, oh, yeah, she'll hands down win this. So I can't I can't wait for like Alison risk arbitrage to emerge out of this. <laughs> yeah. like, someone we're just not even well, considering. Well, my, the draw I've got in front of me doesn't have the qualifiers in either. So No, well, because we're recording this on Friday and qualifying is still ongoing. Um, we are, yeah, we're without qualifiers placed and lucky losers, in fact, because there are a couple of them after, I think, Isla Tomjanovic is a late pullout and um, Paola Bedosa as well, who's got a stress fracture yeah. in case you missed that. Which I, I actually, funnily enough, people will know on Twitter, I did my power rankings this week and Bedosa was one of those who was bumped quite far up the power rankings in comparison to her um, her world ranking because clay-wise, she, she is a good player, but there will yeah. be no Paola Bedosa. This time, let's move on to the next section, which is where we find Elena Rybakina, along with Shelby Rogers, Ekaterina Alexandrova, Beatrice Haddad Meyer, um, a few names in the unseeded players who people will be excited about as well. Linda Noskova, for example, is a, uh, I think, a French Open champ, junior French Open champion, I think I'm right in saying. Um, and uh, Schneider as well, Schneider as well, the, the Russian, has um, shown some quite interesting form. 
George, Rebecca walks this, does she? I think so. I think I think this as is as confident as you can be in the WTA. Yeah, this is one of the sections I'm looking at and thinking. I, I would phone back. I mean, you mentioned there's a few names in there. I mean, Cerebes Tormo has got some play pedigree and is known for kind of making matches quite tough and long. I think she a couple of seasons ago maybe had three of the top five longest matches in the WTA. Um, right. But she was involved in terms of time. So, you know, there's 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 players in there who, who can make it tricky. Um, but yeah, I mean, to be honest, I mean, we're in a good place in the women's game that you're looking at a couple of players and thinking, yeah, they're, they're going to come through this, which I've not really felt over the last three years. But if Rubakina, Sabalenka and a Fitz Fiontek, they're the sort of players I'm actually fairly confident come through their brackets without problem which which now means Rybakina is going to lose to a qualifier in the first round I've said that, but... <laughs> uh, yeah quite possibly uh, I think Linda Noskova who um, I also remember played Radicanu here last year and played very well in some quite grim conditions I think she, she could be a bit of a, a challenge mm. it would be a match worth watching in the second round anyway put it, put it that way um, let's move on to, to section four um, Onzjubur is in here Sarana Kastea Donna Vekic Petra Kvitova Annette uh, Contevate as well, um, Jasmine Paolini, who some people will be looking out for, um, Ocean Dodin, who's a uh, direct entry, I think, for the first time, uh, certainly at the French Open, who's someone I'm quite excited about, but only quietly. Um, I, I've really struggled with this section, George. I'm not sure I can trust anyone. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's going to be a Jabour Kvitova of the fourth round would be what I'd be putting my my eggs if I had a basket I mean um, not to not to take your basket away George but like but, but I'm not sure how much I trust on Jabour at Grand Slams anymore because she'll either mm. like losing the first you have to remember that I'm still stung from last year when Ons Jabour was out of the French <laughs> Open before I arrived in Paris um, she lost while I was on the Eurostar uh, on the Sunday morning uh, and I appreciate that she's since then been in two Grand Slam, two Grand Slam finals. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Is that not right? Wimbledon right? final and then US Open final. Have I made that up? Oh yeah, yeah, you are, you are, you are right. Correctly. I appreciate that US Open final was a bit of a, um, underwhelming, but you should remember that it existed, George. Mm, um, yeah, should. You're so right. I, yeah, but but you're pretty confident that she comes through and just just does the job. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I'm never 100% confident. I just, yeah, I think they're they're two players who are very capable on the surface, and the other players in there, I'm not looking at them thinking, oh, it's a serious banana skin in terms of form or quality. So, yeah, I think I'd, I'd be surprised if Jabor didn't get there. Um, okay. Yeah. Um, there's there's a guaranteed French player in the second round here as well, yes. which will keep the uh, keep the home crowd interested. I love I love that when the flag the flag goes through, and I love that we've yeah. also got a qualifier slash lucky loser in this section as well. Yeah, so I'm sure depending excitement. on depending on who gets placed there, there'll be a lot of a lot of it's people. A popular fantasy there. moment, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, right, let's move into the bottom half of the draw for the first time. Sakari uh, Begu Lynette uh, Linetti, I should say. And Benchich, uh, Leolia Jean Jean as well. 
um, sort of child prodigy here in France who uh, made a good mm-hmm. run here last year to some excitement. She's got a half decent draw with a, another wild card, the um, the reciprocal Australian wild card between the French Open and the Australian. Jill Teichman in here as well, who I know some people will be excited about. And George, Maria Sakkari up against Karolina Makova in the first round. That That's a proper nightmare draw. Yeah, that's definitely one of the first rounders I've had my eye on. Um, yeah, th- this section is bloody impossible to call. <laughs> I, I would not place any confidence in any one of these um, women kind of driving driving to the fourth round. Um, yeah, and, and to be perfectly honest, a lot of the first rounds I'm looking at like, oh God, that that feels really, really tight and close so um i hope you're not expecting a very confident prediction on this one i mean i'd never expect Pod- a confident prediction from you george yeah, i've known Pod- you long enough yeah Podoroska's, Pod- you know she's had had four i think semi-finals here before or at least quarters anyway quarters, um yeah. so you know there's there's some players in here i i, I like begu on clay um mm. linetti's done well in the past um you know fernandez it, it- is a bit out of form, but that is a Grand Slam finalist kicking around here as well. Do, you, know, do you want to know something that is weirdly kind of um, symmetrical? If Leila Fernandez, I saw Stu Fraser write a piece about this. If Leila Fernandez loses to Magdalenetti, she too will drop outside the top 100. Mm. If, um, if, if in fact she uh, she loses to Linetti, which is not un- which is you know very possible. Yeah, yeah, she's been she's played some really good tennis in Australia. She she obviously beat. Uh, Jabour in the first round here uh, last year. She, she's sort of the ultimate. She, she's the new, you could say, Kaya Kanepi. Um, mm. And yeah, I think Clay probably doesn't suit her terribly. But but that I think that's a really tricky section because then you know Alexandra Sasnovic is no mug. Um, Belinda Bencic I think is a, a pretty handy player as well. I mean I know that's not yeah. controversial. She's the number twelve seed. But right, you've got to pick a name out of this section, George. Who is it? Mm. I might go for Begu, actually. I don't know why. Begu. Just drawing yeah. it to me. I like it. Uh, what about you? I, I need to put you on the spot a little bit well, as well, rather than my back I think Lynetti. I think, I think she's quite sticky. Um, mm. I'm not quite... I not, haven't seen a lot of her name over the clay court season, so maybe she's lost her last seven matches and it's a completely insane shout. But um, she dealt with the pressure really well in Australia. Like... I think that's such a big part of Grand Slams. It's just being able to turn up and, you know, deal with the... Drimba Shrontek said it last week about talking about the two-week slams, the two-week um, Masters, Freudian slip there. And she said, you know, days off between matches aren't days off. Like, I'm still working, I'm still thinking, I'm still stressing. And you often talk, George, about how in Grand Slams you get that extra day off, but it isn't a day off. I think it's an extra day just to kind of stress and, and lose mm. mental energy and... I think Magda seems really capable of doing that. Like I got chatting to her coach uh, in Australia a fair bit, and you know he was talking about just how level-headed she is these days, and how it's taken her a bit of a while to get there. But she does have this real ability to kind of deal with it. So there you go. I've justified my Magda Linetti pick. Um, let's move forward. Section six in the bottom half: Samsonova, Potapova, Mertens, and Pagula, who obviously is the number three seed. Um, she's the only player in the top eight, George, who has never made a Grand Slam semi-final. 
Um, she's never won a quarterfinal. Is this the opportunity for her to, given how relatively weak Section 5 is, is this her, sec- her opportunity to, to make it through to a semi-final? Mm, I don't know. I, th- I think there's some quite big banana skins here. I mean, Danielle Collins is a Grand Slam semi-finalist first round. You know, that, mm. that's, not, that's not a nice draw. Um, Elise Cornet potentially second round I, I I wouldn't want to be playing Cornet in, in Paris I mean you never um, want to play Cornet in any circumstances yeah. really she she loves upsetting the apple cart yeah. Mertens is you know someone who's been to a few deep in Grand Slams think semi-finalists of Australia possibly um, yeah I, I I don't know it, it doesn't look look you're not looking at all these names it's probably more indicative of the women's game as a whole that you kind of able to make a case for about five or six of them in every bracket as who you think might come through and, and even then you're probably missing another five or six who actually will come through mm. um, yeah I mean look it's not terrible for Pagula but I do think there's enough there that I wouldn't be rushing to say with conviction I think she'll um, she'll definitely come through Um I'd be very interested to see how Anastasia Potapova goes in this section. I think she's just been on a very good gradient of late and I think has a real chance of of maybe demonstrating something. She'll qualify in the first round. Lyudmila Samsonova is absolutely all over the place at the moment. You know, she's her potential third round. If she can play herself into the tournament, I think, you know, she's not had very good draws over the clay court. She's run into... um, She's run into... Kudamatova, her doubles partner and fellow Russian, uh, on several occasions. And I think if she hadn't, she would have done a little bit of damage. And I know Calvin thinks highly of her tennis, so uh, that that would be maybe not my pick, but I think Potapova Pagula in the in the fourth round would be very interesting. Mm. Let's move yeah, forward I'm, again. I'm struggling to give you a name here, James. To be honest, I know <laughs> I'm, I'm actually not going to put you on the spot for once. Yeah, that's um, a hard one. Let's go into section seven so that we can keep making some progress. Garcia, Trevisan, Ostapenko, Kasakina. I think this is possibly the second hardest section of the of the entire draw because you've also got um, Vondrasova in there, Svitolina. Um, I mean, even Siniakova as well can can be a bit of a handful and and knows her way around Grand Slams. <sighs> I I'm tempted to pick up Yelena Ostapenko here, George. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, she can definitely come through this section. I, yeah, Ostapenko is always just such a hard pick for me. I mean, I've I've backed her in a few slams before where she's treated me very kindly in fantasy tennis, and I've backed her in others where she's been a a dreadful, <laughs> dreadful pick. Um, and that, it's hard to know what you're going to get, but yeah, you're right. I mean, it, this looks a pretty good section. We we spoke about Garcia's kind of crisis of confidence the other week. I mean, Trevor Sands a player who can definitely play well on clay and has done well Trevisan I can tell you my model really but, likes my model is a big fan of Martina Trevisan on clay but um, I've got a feeling she had to, yeah I think she pulled out of kind of the Morocco open with a walkover I'm not 100% sure exactly what was going on there um, so it's not again it's another one of these sections where I'm just like oh god so yeah, I, I would pr- I probably agree with you on this one actually. Though Ostapenko is the one that's jumping out, but Kasatkin is another one. I mean, you just 
They can play on I mean, clay. They're a good good player. You just don't know exactly what you're going to get, really. Derek Azakina has a like losing one and love to an absolute no name right up her street. In fact, <laughs> yeah. that would be my huge kind of um, mis misgiving with picking her. She also played Ostapenko in Rome and lost to her three in three sets, admittedly, but six love in the third, um, which doesn't fill me with confidence. I'm afraid, mm. so I might have to. I, I usually like picking Daria Kasatkina, but I'm just worried that she's such a high-risk option. I, to say that Yelena Ostapenko is not the high-risk option. Yeah, I was going to say. I'm just going to have to shut a blind, George. It's so lovely and sunny in Paris that the marble floor is reflecting the sun. Um, so I'm going to have to make a horrible noise there. And uh, just, just dim my face. There we go. And because this is a special podcast, I won't even edit that out. So people get the full experience of podcasting with me. Right. <laughs> we'll go into the uh, the final section. Section eight, Carolina Pliskova, um, Cheng Xin Wen, uh, Shang Shui, and Arena Savalenka. I'll tell you what, George, I don't hate Arena Savalenka's draw, but the first round against Marta Kostyuk, who's basically the highest ranked unseeded player, and also. <laughs> For want of a better phrase, hates Arena Savalenka's guts. Um, <laughs> that that is extremely tasty. It is. Yeah, it's another one that you're looking at thinking, "Oh, that's a good first round." I mean, in years gone by, a Carolina Pliskova Sloane Stevens would be a pretty, pretty meaty first round draw as well, but possibly less so in in current years. But um, yeah. I, if it was anyone but Kostyuk in the first round, I'd be really quite confident for Sabalenka here, given her form. I, I, I still am confident for her. Um, but you, you just get those players who are really up for certain matches in um, certain kind of contexts. And, and that is one where Kostyuk's a good player who will be 100% bang up for that. So, yeah... Um, I, I, yeah, I, I will still say I think Sabalenka's coming through that section, but that that is a certain banana skin in the first round that is not one you'd uh, want to be involved with, from Sabalenka's perspective, anyway. Hmm. A- anyone else? I mean, who do you think she's going to play in the fourth round? Um, it's tough, isn't it? Hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, probably one of Pliskova and Stevens would be my my guess on paper. I, I'm not looking at many of these names, thinking, yeah, really backing them to kind of do a do a quarter final run or anything. So, yeah, pro- probably one of those two. But yeah, I mean, if Sabalenka comes through the first round, I think she she's a comfortable quarter finalist. And given the kind of section above is full of players who blow very hot and cold you don't really know who who should get in that kind of quarter final so I think she's a fairly fairly safe pick for the semis if she if she comes through that first round for me yeah agreed lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli I guess aha in my dentist's office 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, uh, onwards and upwards to the men's draw, uh, where we start at the very top with, as top seed for the very first time, um, Carlos Alcaraz. Uh, he has Denis Shapovalov, Lorenzo Mazzetti, and Cam Norrie in his uh, section of the draw. Um, did, did Any banana skins in there? Um... I mean, Massetti is a good clay court player. Um, he 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 feels to me like the one who could potentially, and I've put potentially in very much kind of strong speech marks where I'm not really not really giving anyone much hope, but. Of those, I think Massetti is possibly the one who could trouble Alcaraz the most. Um, but no, I, I, I'm not really looking at this section as anything but Alcaraz storming to the quarterfinals, to be perfectly honest. Um, I've, I don't know if you have any uh, strong views the other way, but it, it, it looks fairly comfortable to me. I mean, it, it's worth noting that the qualifier in the men's, there were a couple in there who... Um, are interesting you know it could be Aslan okay. Karatsev potentially you know that's a that's not a nice first round draw and arguably would be the toughest of this whole section if, if he yeah. was a fall in Alcaraz's um, path mm. so yeah I, I, I'm not saying it's easy but it, it looks quite good to me this for Alcaraz okay um, I I can't really see anything going wrong for Carlos Alcaraz in this section, to be quite frank. It it just looks... You know, Denis Shapovalov has barely... I don't think he's even won a match. He might have won one match on clay this year. Lorenzo Mazzetti, once upon a time, was a, a very good Cray Court player um, and, and still has that ability, but I don't think he's shown much since he had that collapse against Djokovic at the French Open. Um... You know, Cam Norrie again, someone who obviously, I mean, Norrie has beaten Alcaraz on clay this year, but I think best of five in Paris is a, a totally different kettle of fish. Um, 
and yeah, I'm I'm struggling to see any. I, I think Norrie will get to the fourth round. Like I think it's quite a good draw for him, and I think he should be a good clay court player. Like his game should suit it. But and and he's 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 you don't think so, George? I'd, I'd probably I'd probably back Massetti rather than Norrie actually um, to get to the fourth. He's he's had a couple of decent results on clay um, this year. I think maybe semis in Barcelona, a uh, couple of quarters as well. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'd probably lean towards Massetti given his enjoyment of the surface. Um, but yeah, there's not much in it. I think that'd be a good. Certainly, be an interesting third round tie if we got that. Okay, um, let's move on to the second section. Uh, Felix Auger-Alia Seam, Sebastian Corda, Bernabeza Pata Morales, and Stefanos Sitsipas. Uh, again, this is one of those ones I look at it and go, all of these players could do something <laughs> here. You know, could, yeah. all have got a reason to be. You know, and Diego Schwartzman's in there as well, by the way. Yeah. Isner um, as well has had some random results on clay over the years. I mean, he's probably past his best days, but you know, not. Yeah. Still, it's Sissi Pass for me, I think, or certainly, I, I think a Sissi Pass and Oje Raliasim fourth round would be pretty tasty, and that's probably what I'd expect here. I, you know, we, we've spoken a bit about Sissi Pass this year, about where exactly he's at, but his, his clay results have been fairly consistently good yeah he got to that final exceptional didn't he? Um, so yeah I, I I think I still think Clay's where he is most likely to do damage um, and yeah, I'm I'd, pretty I'd convinced that like he, he'll put away lesser players I, I don't usually feel that about it to pass but on Clay mm. I think he probably will I mean look he might lose to Yuri Vesely first round that, that I like that is it's, a, it's not an easy draw no, and it's a non-zero chance. Like it's very significantly non-zero that he loses to Vesely in the first round. So, um, and I don't think if I think if he gets either Schwartzman, well, I think Schwartzman wouldn't be a fun draw for him either. Just someone a bit scrappy who's going to make a lot of balls and yeah. There's a lot of matches in there. You're thinking Sissipas could have a a fair amount of time on the body clock if he's going into the quarterfinals um but yeah he I'd could get to the quarterfinals he could get to the quarters having played like yeah a good 15 16 17 sets he, like that's not he'll be on the rounds possibility he'll be a bit disappointed to be in this half of the draw to be honest as a pass because i think if he was in the other half he, he'd fancy his chances of getting to the final whereas it's a likely alcaraz quarterfinal a likely Djokovic semi-final um i don't yeah, it's it's hard to make a strong case for for him. Whereas I think I think I'm right in saying like Holger Rune has kind of landed. It's Holger Rune, George. The E is silent. You oh, I thought it was the other way around. I thought we were told this week on Twitter. I put the E on purpose. No, I believe someone. And I'll check. I thought it was Rune. I've I've been calling him Rune the whole time. I thought someone tweeted us saying put the E on. Oh, so now, we, now we're going to get it wrong no matter what, aren't we? Never mind. Yeah. We'll just call him Holger. There you go. I've oh, been calling him Rune the whole time, but I, I th- I've got a feeling they said Rune. Anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, yes, I mean, he, he's landed in a better section for me that makes me more confident for him, but that could easily have been Sissipas, I suppose. Okay, very good. Uh, right, into Novak Djokovic's section, which is section three of the draw. Um, Davidovic Fakina is in there. Uh, Batista Gutazar, Hubert Hercatch, all of whom are decent clay court players. And I don't know about you, George, but I think that makes absolutely naff all difference. 
<laughs> yeah, I'll be quite surprised if Djokovic is not in the quarterfinal from this section. Um, yeah. That's no particular slight on everyone. I mean, look, there's hope, isn't there? And Djokovic isn't at his freshest and best, but, you know, it still took Holger Rune or Rune to uh, take him out in three sets in, in Rome. And I think, yeah, his motivation will be pretty high here, being raffleless. And he knows he's probably, I'm guessing, one of two men in the draw who's, who's won this title. Is that right with Wawrinka? Um, uh, yeah, well, that's a good question. I I suppose it must be true. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But <laughs> the, generally, it's really only be one bloke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, I mean, I just, obviously, you know, Kovacevic, Fuksovic, nothing there. Davide Shrikina has beaten Djokovic, but it was in Monte Carlo 2022, and it was like he was still in this kind of post-Melbourne funk. We'll and never like, forget the Cecenato Djokovic French Open shock as well. Yeah, I, mean, that, that, again, I, I don't I think... see that happening again, but you know, that, <laughs> that was one of the all-time French yeah. Open shocks, really. Um, and then Hubert Hercatch is a guy who I think you know probably should be quite good on clay, but obviously doesn't get the benefit of that enormous serve in the same way mm. um although i do think there is a definitely a tipping point where like if you're a really really big server and have and have certain skills in the serving department you can play well on clay because you get advantage on serve that other people don't if that makes sense yeah. like your serve is good enough that it overcomes the surface and you can hit spots in a certain way that you know like zverev for example He's not someone you would think would benefit from clay, but does. And I think that's partly because he's skilled with the serve as well as absolutely huge. But I don't think Hercatch seems to have that yet. Um, maybe that's just time. But he should have played a lot on clay. And I, I don't know. I just... Batista Agut in the third round isn't a lot of fun. I Don't underestimate um, Wu Yi Bing, by the way. Like, don't write off him mm. causing a shock, I think. Um, and who knows? Maybe even further. And similarly, JP Varias. Like, he very nearly beat Felix last year. Yeah, I, I'm really not speaking in great confidence for anyone outside of Djokovic in this section per match. To be <laughs> I've honest. done my best. I've done my best to suggest <laughs> there might be someone interesting in the fourth round, but maybe that's uh, maybe we don't need any more. Uh, into section four, which will produce Novak Djokovic's likely quarterfinal opponent. Um, two Russians in here, Rublev and Hatchinov. We've also got Dan Evans and Ben Shelton, who's playing the French Open for the first time. Um I I mean, I think we're expecting a hatching off Rublev fourth round here, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah, on paper. There's still <laughs> a few... Again, I mean, there's still a few people in here who... I wouldn't... They're the sort of names you wouldn't want to land in a clay court draw. I mean... Yeah. Laszlo Gere being one. I mean, that's not... Ah, yes. The ultimate clay court of Laszlo Gere. Not an ideal first round. I mean, Ramos Vinolas is had some good results on clay in the past um, that's quite an interesting first round with Vavrinka um, yeah I mean I'd, I'd probably be taking Rublev still to get to the quarterfinals I think we've said about Rublev in the past that broadly speaking he, he feels to have mastered the field if not the best um, so he he feels like a relatively safe pick but as someone who I don't know. I also have real trepidation when someone 
hits a milestone like winning a Masters for the first time on a surface and you think, okay, that's them being set up for a good Grand Slam quite often ends up being the other way around and they go out first round and Laszlo Jair is definitely <laughs> enough of a banana skin to not fill me with confidence but yeah I, I would I would be edging towards Brew Bleb in this section yeah. it's a French think... heavy section as well he's got a lot and there are a lot of opportunities for him to be on a big court and with a rowdy crowd trying to break him down yeah, mentally. yeah it's nice to see two, two French flags kicking I mean I, just reflecting on the top half as a whole James I mean it feels very much a we're all going to be thinking about the semi-final, which is Djokovic Alcaraz. Or oh yeah, all, it all the like be, but all the interesting sort of you know um, five versus six matchups are in the bottom half. Like the, this is yeah, I would agree that this is pretty much us waiting for Djokovic to play Alcaraz in the semi-finals, which. Uh, what's which would be the great. US, well, what's the US Open where we we're supposed to get Federer and Nadal and someone ruined it? Um, was it, it was, Del Potro? Uh, he certainly ruined at least it was one. The, it was. It was meant to be the. Yeah, it was meant to. Be, he's ruined. He definitely ruined the one in two thousand and nine or whatever. Cal- Calvin, in his absence, we should say, is very angry about us saying that Del Potro ruined anything. I know that yes. he would say that. <laughs> yeah, quite. But there were two times. Yeah, you're right. There were two times in history. Federer and Nadal were one match against playing each other at the US Open which didn't happen in their entire career which is one of those quirky weird stats when you think about their rivalry that they they never met there considering they've both won it multiple times Um, Mm. I'm trying to remember who who ruined the other one I say ruined in inverted commas but it it was definitely it wasn't John Millman was it that was Australia wasn't it no, Milman was Djokovic because you remember we had Craig O'Shaughnessy oh, yes, on to course, do a big preview yeah. on the in the previous version of the pod. <laughs> Which a preview to... a match that never happened. Yeah, that That's was good. True. Um, but well, while we think on, uh, just a quick word to say that Dan Evans' draw is an absolute shocker. Kokinakis in the first round, Vavrinka or Ramos Vinolas in the second, neither of which are good matchups for him for different reasons. And then Karen Hatchinoff, who is a, has an enormous game and loves a clay court, so. Um, good luck Dan that's all I can say <laughs> let's move into the bottom half where we've got Holger I'm not going to say his surname for fear of getting it wrong without checking with uh, one of our newer listeners I believe uh, <laughs> who pointed out this week that we've been mispronouncing Holger's surname and I've managed to forget exactly how I'm supposed to do it so next time I will check uh, we've got Mirmir Kekmanovic in there I've probably said that wrong uh, I'll say this wrong too Francisco Therundolo uh, and Taylor Fritz which I think I've said right um a few others in here. Sebastian Baez, for example, is a, a known and recognised clay quarter. It, Holger Rune George, and I'm going to stick with Rune, uh, is someone we think has a real chance at going deep in this French Open. I don't know about you, but I think there's nothing in that draw which will make him think that he can't. No, no, I'm quite confident for him, to be honest. Um, yeah, I, I'm. I'm weirdly confident he'll reach the final, actually. Um, I that's possibly a bit of a bold shout this early into the draw, but I, I've, he, he'll definitely be in my fantasy team room. He is, uh, he's the number there. six seed, which means that he comes into the, the the bracket between five and 16. So, yeah, he's he's strong in that section anyway, and I think yeah. I, mean, I would probably agree with you. Yeah, I don't know. You know, people will say Medvedev, they'll potentially point to Sinner, as well as someone who might be able to do it. I, I don't know. I just, I, I really fancy Runa. 
and, and not just to reach the final to potentially win the whole thing. I, wow. I've got. I think he's in really good form. I think he's stepped up quite massively. Um, you forget how that young record he is against top five players is really impressive. Yeah, I, I just don't think he turns up to a Grand Slam final and thinks I'm not going to win this. I think mm. he's that sort of. <laughs> you know, whether you like him or not he's a bit of a shit but um, I don't think that works against him in that in that sort of situation so yeah I, I like his draw like you know there's not bad players in there I mean Yame Munar's a decent clay courser Taylor Fritz has had a couple of good results this year and you know you don't think of him necessarily as a great clay court player but he's done okay um, yeah but no, I'm with you, James. I'd be I'd be hugely surprised if if Rune or Runa doesn't reach uh, the quarters at least. And you know, I think he's on on for Casper Rude again potentially in the quarters. Who we might not have said with confidence. We think Rude will definitely get there, but he showed a little bit of form, didn't he? Um, kind of in the back end of the clay. Um, Swing. Yeah, he's sort of starting to. He's in his section, uh, which is the next one, with Botic van der Zandschulp, uh, Jan Leonard Struff, the classic, and Taylor, uh, Taylor, Tommy Paul. Um, Dusan Lajevic as well, probably worth flagging in yeah, here. Well, I mean, and, you know, Nicholas Yari, Hugo Delian, Marcus G- I mean, not Marcus Giron. I've just said that because his name <laughs> sounds vaguely South American. Um, <laughs> like, I mean, Yuri Lehetzka. That, yeah, you great know, run not, in Australia. Yeah. Not someone I think we should be writing off and knows his way around it's a clay court as well. It's a good first um, round, Lehetchka Struff. Yeah, I was I was basically actually before the draw, I was kinda of going through it and I was like, they are two people that no one wants to draw and then they've drawn each other. So um yeah, it could be quite quite awkward that. Um I think Botik van der Zanschulp would be a real test for Rude in the third round. Like he is I think Lajevic gets there to be honest. You I think would, I would put Lavic as my favourite to face Rude in, in that match, yeah. And then do you think Rude sees him off anyway? Not convinced. I'm not convinced. No, I'm not convinced. Lavic is someone you just... I don't know. I, I, I don't speak with confidence about many people against him on clay. And, you know, we spoke a little bit about his his record against big names recently. Um very good kind of winning streak against a lot of big names if nothing else even if you know you might say caught them at good times in their careers in some cases um yeah i think it, i think he'll arrive here pretty confident that'd be a good match i mean a good match in terms of i don't think it'll be the most watchable match but it'll be a good match in terms of i think it'll be very close um hmm. so yeah i'd still back rude to come through the the section as a whole but not with such strong confidence as I'd back okay. Rune or Runa in the in the previous section. Very good. Uh, right into what I think is the tastiest section of the men's mm. draw: um, Yannick Sinner, Gregor Dimitrov, Alexander Zverev, and Francis Tiafoe. Uh, we've also got Alex Molcham, uh, who obviously has Marion Vider uh, as his coach, uh, Novak Djokovic's former mentor. I would probably also mention Emil Rusevori, potentially. Uh, as someone who could, I mean, and Filip Kronovich, by the way, that that's probably a, potentially a seed going out. I think. Um, I also like the fact that Lloyd Harris is playing Alexander Zverev because Lloyd Harris is sort of a different version of Alexander Zverev. He's also really tall, got a really big game, and has been through a really bad injury that he is on the way back from. I'm hoping to speak to him today, actually. Um, so it'd be interesting to chat uh, a little bit about that kind of comeback that that he's been through. 
Will you uh, George, save some if, audio for the pod, James? <laughs> don't, don't worry, George. It'll be well bagged. Um, <laughs> I really struggle here. I, yeah, it's a hard think, section to call. I think Sinner. I do think Sinner, but uh, probably. But I, I think Dimitrov's a pretty nasty draw in the third round, and probably Zverev in the fourth round is is not a problem because. If Probably, I think, he's gonna, I, th- well, I think he's going to run out of steam. Even if he does get there, he'll be out of steam. And he might run out in the third or second round because he just hasn't got enough under his legs. But mm. what do you think? Yeah, I don't think anyone with amazing confidence. Yeah, I, 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 probably, I probably do think Sinner is head and shoulders above the rest of this pack, just about. I mean, you mentioned Krajinovic there. I mean, that's someone, again, I wouldn't wouldn't really want to be meeting if I was TFO. Um, Zverev, it's just so hard to say where he is, isn't it? I mean, he, he's mm. had a couple of moments in the clay season where you thought, ooh, is this, is this the turning point? I find it hard to think a Grand Slam is going to be the turning point for him in the sense of, does he have <laughs> Never has been before, and, yeah. And never has been, yeah, quite. Um, but having said that, I don't think Alexander Zverev looks at you know, the the seven opponents he could have in the first three rounds and thinks I, I don't fancy my chances here and that, mm. that's not to kind of downgrade anyone. It's I think there's a lot of tough matches in there, but you know, a player of his quality um will 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 fancy his chances of getting to the fourth round there. And I I think there'd be something quite nice is the wrong word, but good for the men's game if if we got Zverev back to a decent level, um, it puts another it puts another at, one in there, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, um, which you know, he was playing bloody well this time last year, and mm. you know, I, I, yeah, I, I wouldn't be. You know, I'm not rushing to say I think he'll reach the fourth round. I still think Sinner wins this section, but yeah, I'd, wouldn't wouldn't rule it out. Yeah, right. On to the final section of the draw, the sixteenth slide. Um, We've got Borna Cioric, Alex Dimina, uh, Yoshita Nishioka, and of course, the new clay court god that is Daniil Medvedev. Um, <laughs> also got very worthy of mention in here, Dominic Thiem, uh, Jack Draper as well. We've got four Argentinians in this bottom uh, section. Which, which uh, isn't probably, what you want. <laughs> no, if you're the Argentinian media, you're, you're probably, uh, probably wringing your hands in frustration. Um George, as I say, Daniil Medvedev is a newly discovered lover of the clay court. I think he's probably also a lover of the uh, Roland Garros draw ceremony now because I think this is absolutely golden. I think this is probably the best section. I think he could have hand-picked this. Yeah, I mean, it's so much so that I'm, I am drawn to pick him in fantasy, which feels absolutely bloody mental. To pick him over Alcaraz or Djokovic. Yeah, I mean, it feels slightly mad. I don't think I actually will do it, but he, he's. Um, I'd be hard pushed to see him not reaching the the quarters, and you know, I think Yannickson has struggled to land a glove on him in the past. As the guy, I think will get to the quarters to mm. face him. So, you know, then you're looking at a guaranteed semi, and from there, I, you know. I, I probably, I probably am leaning to Holger Rune getting to the final in this half of the draw, just. But it's mm. not a close. It's not uh, something I'm holding with great conviction. You know, Medvedev beat Rune last week, so it's, you know, 
he he can lose that match. I, I've just got a bit of a feeling for Rune in this tournament um, to go that far. So, but yeah, look, Med Medvedev. I've never never bought him not being a good clay court player. To be honest, I've seen him have good matches in the past, and I've seen him. Mm. It, He's basically just trolled us, hasn't he? It's just it's just one big yeah. troll. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, it's a it's it's a bit of a tactic to. He might not enjoy it as much as he does other surfaces, but he's still he's still very able. Um, yeah, I mean, look, this is a great draw for him. I'll be interested, you know, I'm not saying I think Jack Japer will do anything particularly interesting here, but I'll be interested to see how he, how he goes. Um, you know, Argentinian first round, Dumanor potentially second round. I don't, mm. I don't hate that draw for Draper. Um, I he, think he's not fit enough, maybe, but he did win Lyon. Or got he won a couple of matches in Lyon, yeah, and I, he lost to Cherandolo, funnily enough, another Argentinian, one of the few Argentinians who isn't in his quarter. Um, but yeah, he beat Kekmanovic and Alexandra Muller, less impressively, um, in, in Lyon. So, you know, he's, he's obviously... Yeah, that, that was his first tournament in, like, I mean, yeah. six I think, weeks. I think he looks at this section and thinks... There's not many players I'm meeting in the first couple of rounds that I don't back myself to be very, very competitive against on any surface. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I, I, third round would be quite interesting, potentially. I mean, but team team's not what he was, um, disappointingly. From team Chorich is a, a funny second Might round. Might be a nice you know, second two, rounder. Sort of two guys on the comeback, um, on the long road to coming I back. Wouldn't, I wouldn't rule out Courier... Chorich problems. Ah, Chorich has played a lot of good tennis recently. I think I think yeah. I'm pretty reasonably happy he'll get through that. Um, play this back to me in four days' time when he loses. Yeah, one, yeah, I was going to say. Four, yeah. But um, yeah, I think probably. Uh, just finally, then, George, um, your predictions for the ta- champions, the two champions. Now that uh, we've been through the entire draw. I don't. I don't feel good about anyone, really. I mean, all right. I'll tell you. I'll I think Alcaraz. I think Alcaraz. Okay. I do think Alcaraz, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't rule out Holger Rube winning it. I wouldn't rule out Djokovic winning it. I, I'm less on the Medvedev bang wagon, even though I like his draw. I just. Mm. I'm not. Sure, I'm not sure he wins those the big, big matches. matches. Um, yeah. And the women's, you know, Sviontek wins it if she's fully fit, but she's not. Um, so it's Sabalenka, maybe? I don't know. Uh, it's, so it's I'm, tough to call. I'm not confident, but increasingly confident in Elena Rubakina. Mm. Uh, I think people forget, and I said this on the last pod as well, she plays well on clay. She's got a decent enough record on clay. Um, it's going to be hot and dry here all week. The weather forecast is amazing. Um, Which makes not a change. Be, well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's not going to be like heavy, claggy yeah. You know, that will benefit Rubikina and Sabalenka. Yeah. That sort of um... Um, being able to hit through it, and I think probably playing Shontek in the semis and not the final will help. I think playing Shontek in the yeah exactly. But assuming, I think that's an advantage actually to be in her section rather than having to play her in the final. Um, I think that's actually something that she she probably relish. And then yeah, in the men's, I'm struggling to look past Alcaraz. To be perfectly honest. Um, my power rankings have Djokovic one and Alcaraz two, but 
That's like, presumably weighted on previous years. Yeah, I mean, case. Djokovic has won 26 Roland Garros matches in the last five years. Like, that's pretty stellar. He is very numbers. good on clay. I mean, it's not as good as other surfaces by comparison, but he, he's the guy who's pushing the I mean, he's the second best clay court player of the 21st century, like, yeah. by a distance. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, uh, and I'm sure there are people out there, many of whom have been in my mentions over the last two days, um, who would claim that he's the best clay court player of the 21st century and ever. Uh, but I'm not sure I agree with that. But, um, yeah, I'm, yeah. I, I think that's a tougher case to argue, to be perfectly honest. Uh, <laughs> and I'm not going to argue out. it. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I think that's probably all we've got time for, George. Thank you for dragging yourself away from a hangover to be here. Um, yeah, thank you. I, I hope I've not offended the YouTube video viewers by uh, <laughs> not being my freshest. I, I could never quite tell if I look absolutely dreadful or just feel it. But yeah, uh, I'll be honest, George. You look as you always do. You can take that however you would like. <laughs> <laughs> sexy <thanks> and <laughs> champion. And I, I'm not like sexy and champion. What a set of yeah. words. Uh, that's all we've got time for. Um, we've been Tennis Unfiltered. I've been James Gray. He's been George Belshaw. And most importantly, please do come back next week. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Sports Social Podcast Network.